in week four of our Set Apart series. It is my great honor to welcome one of your favorites at Vintage Church, Pastor Ben France, to preach God's Word. The theme, the focus on our kind of Set Apart series for week four is this, the word unite. It's all about teamwork. It's all about how we are stronger together. This is all about essential, right? To unity is diversity, but also essential to unity is harmony. And Pastor Ben is so fired up and ready to preach God's word. We love Pastor Ben so much. Uh, his wife, Lauren, PJ, and Lily, what an incredible family who has united with us to be a part of our team over this past year. And I know you're gonna be blessed. Pastor Ben serves as our PJ West location pastor, and he also serves with our Sin Network ministry as a church planning callus for the city of Pittsburgh. So open up your Bibles, get ready. God's got an incredible word for us as we unite together in God's word. Well, that's very kind of him. Man, hey, good morning. Uh, as Pastor Rob said, and I said again uh, earlier, my name is Ben France. I have the privilege of of uh, serving here at our PGH West location. I mean, I'm excited to open God's word today. But before we get there, got to acknowledge something. Uh, November 27th, that's today, right? Yes, okay, good. I didn't mess it up or else this part would be a disaster. Really important, uh, really, really important day in my life, in my, in my family's life. It's not often I can remember where I was on this day a year ago, much less this day six years ago. Uh, but here's where I was on this day, around this time, six years ago. I uh, woke up at my, in my parents' house. I uh, went downstairs, poured a cup of coffee, turned on the television, Watched my, my favorite soccer club, West Ham United, go Hammers. Any Premier League fans in here? One, two, three, a handful of you. Great. I'm really glad I didn't use a bunch of soccer illustrations like I was planning on because that would have tanked really hard. Um, but I'm a big West Ham supporter. West Ham was playing Manchester United. I uh, sat on the couch, poured my coffee, had my brothers and some of my friends there. We watched, uh, we watched the game. They drew 1-1 uh, that morning, and that was not nearly the best part of my day because when the match was over, Got up, took a shower, put on a suit, got in a car with some of my buddies, drove to a little venue in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, married Lauren. Today's our anniversary. We're celebrating six years, and uh, thank you, thank you. Um, and man, let me tell you, I was, uh, I was really wanting to fit that into the message and win you know, husband points, um, but it was really easy, because as I was writing it, as I was studying today in our you know, our, our topic, which is, which is unity, it was, it was super easy. I just started thinking about the last six years. We've been dating for way longer than that. What was it, like 10 or something? 10 years? Together, 10 years, married for six of those. And um, just thinking of just the different things that we've gotten to do together. Lauren and I's life has been um, a roller coaster in a really good way. In six years, we've lived in four homes, two states, had two kids. Um, man, I was even thinking last night... <laughs> I don't know if I should share this or not. It's kind of gross. Just the fact that we're, we're a team. And uh, there's been days where life has been great and beautiful and lovely. And there have been days where it feels like life kicks us in the teeth. And um, yesterday was a little bit of both. Like we ended the night playing Call of Duty together. I was upstairs on my PlayStation. She was downstairs on her Xbox, teaming up, quite literally playing. But before that, our, our son hadn't gone to the bathroom like in like four days. So we had to like go to the store, get the suppository. That is teamwork right there. He's doing great. He's eating his donut. It's fantastic. But that's disgusting. And I just lost half of you right now. Um, 
But man, that's the season of life we're in. We're parents now. And uh, just it's, it's so beautiful that every, every uh, season, every day, every year that goes by, you can just track the different times where I've been like, man, I am so thankful to have Lauren uh, in my life as my wife. And really the thing, and despite all of life's ups and downs, like the thing that has kept us together is the fact that um, we're united. We are one. When we got up on the altar and said, till death do us part, I do. That was it. Sealed the deal. There isn't an option to leave or to disconnect. Um, that's not on the table for Lauren and I. No matter what the season is, we are unified. And Vintage today, I want to open God's word and I want to talk about our team. How we as a church body can stay unified. We've been in a leadership series called Set Apart. And last week, uh, Chris Emmett came in. And he was wonderful, man. I, I love, love, love Chris. Talked to him a little bit uh, this past week. And man, his word was trained. And he talked about staying in the game, even when it's difficult. When life is at its hardest, keep going. He had that amazing triathlon. I forgot to train story and still did it and was miserable and then did it again. Man, he brought a fantastic word about the mission that God has called us to, even when it hurts. And today our word is unite. Write down in your Bible, in your notes, whatever. Write down the word unite. Man, and our goal, our goal this morning is to get super specific. Church, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. This is your first time with us. I'm super, super thankful that you're here. This is going to be a really, really great intro to Vintage Church because I want to get really practical about us as a team. The reality is, is we are a team, local, one local body of Christ, same mission, different people, different gifts like we're going to talk about here in a minute. But at the end of the day, we want to be united so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at God's word. I wanna get super specific about, about how we as Vintage Church can help us truly be and stay a united team. I mean, we say every week we, we wanna live the gospel, serve the city and be the church. And the live the gospel part and the be the church part we're gonna do today. This, um, I didn't write a lot of notes like I usually do. I wrote what I believe God's word says about it. And then we're actually gonna do some of the things that we're talking about. So this is gonna be a bit interactive, especially at the end. So hang in there with me. If this is your first time and super glad that you're here, we want you to be part of our family as well. So open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Give you a minute to get there. First Corinthians chapter 12. Man, as you're doing that, I just want to give us a little uh, picture of what's going on here. First Corinthians, it's a, it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church in Corinth. And, and he's writing them. Um, some letters are really encouraging and really exciting. And some letters are, are more like a kick in the teeth, like I said earlier. And uh, this is one of those letters. The church in Corinth was a hot mess. There's a lot of stuff going on uh, that shouldn't have been going on. There's a lot of stuff going on that Paul did not like. They were um, extremely prideful, super full of themselves. They were excusing uh, sexual immorality, just kind of running rampant in the church. They were, they were misunderstanding some key Christian doctrine. There's some things about Jesus Christ that they were just kind of not on the same page about and was leading people down a path that wasn't true. And in chapter 12, where we're going to be this morning, Paul addresses the fact that they were using their spiritual gifts in a sinful way. We're going to talk about what those are and what they mean and what they, that has to do with unity. But they were using these gifts we're going to talk about in a minute and using them for, for selfish gain, for reasons for... for um, yeah, for reasons that, that weren't godly. 
And all of those issues were kind of running rampant, but all of them, as Paul kind of writes in his letter, kind of can boil down to one central issue. See, all of those things that I just talked about were just symptoms of a, of a larger root cause. And it was this, the church was divided. The church was divided. See, they had um, their local body, the church in Corinth, but what was happening is they were dividing into factions. Churches were not one unit. There was no unity amongst the family of God, they were saying, well, I like this spiritual leader, so I'm gonna go follow this guy. And we'll, but we kind of like what this guy's doing, so we're gonna go follow this guy. And we kind of like what this guy's doing, and we're gonna go follow this guy. And man, they just ignored the fact that Jesus Christ unifies all of us. But they're saying, no, I like this guy more, and this guy more, and this guy more. And a lot of those times, those leaders that they were following were the ones who were living in sin. Now, don't hear this. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be in separate local bodies. That's not what was happening here. It wasn't like this church here had beef with the church down the road who had beef with church down the road. No, that's not it. This was internal. This would be like if, if I came up and this, this section over here was like, you know what, Ben, we, we like you. So we're gonna, we're gonna follow you. Whatever you do, like we're kind of in with you. So whatever those guys do, that's fine. But we're, we're just gonna follow you. And then this section, Kevin's sitting right here. And then this section would say, you know what, we're, we're vintage. You know, we really like Kevin and we really like what he's all about. So we're, we're gonna follow Kevin. Forget what this section's gonna do. We're just gonna, whatever he's teaching, whatever he's saying, whatever he wants to do, um, we're, gonna, we're gonna do that. And then this section over here would be with like Rob or Jake. And sorry, but you, that's who you got. That's, that's the last person that came to my mind. No, love them both very, very much. And um, it'd be like you guys saying, you know what, we're, we're in this room, but you know what, we're gonna go follow Rob and, and Jake and whatever they're about. That's, that's what we're going to do. And so you have this internal conflict where, Issues started rising. There was the foundation. It started to have cracks. And if coming out of those cracks were a bunch of other issues. It was a mess. So Paul pens this letter to help them get back on track, unified as one under the true leader who is Jesus Christ. And because the church can't be unified under the mission Jesus Christ gives to us, man, this church was not doing that. The church can't be on mission if it's divided amongst itself. And man, today I'm, I'm super thankful because um, I look at our body that is Vintage Church. I think of us here at the West and I think of our friends over the city who I'm gonna be seeing here in just a little bit. And I don't think at all that we are a divided church. I look at it as a matter of fact, I've been a part of a few churches in my day and um, man, I've seen people kind of come and go and issues rise and you know, I've seen pastors come and go in the fallout that that brings. But man, I look at our church and I'm really, really thankful uh, that we're, we're unified. And we're in a building season. We're gonna be talking about that more here in this message. But man, we, I look at the people here that have been so faithful and have rolled with so many punches. And I love being able to stand up here and say, man, I love preaching about unity to a church that I believe is truly united. Thank God for that, right? But nonetheless, I believe that these principles that we're gonna see in God's word here in just a second is gonna strengthen our unity as a local body for the long haul. And ultimately, it's gonna increase our leadership, not just here in the church, but for you personally, in your, in your home life, with your families, in your workplaces, in your, in your neighborhoods, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your school students. So if you've got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're gonna start in verse 14. It says this. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. 
sorry. And if the ear should say because, or if the eye should say rather, sorry, verse 16. And if the ear should say because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would make it any less part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. See, as you can see, uh, we're jumping into the middle of a section of this letter Paul's writing. And what we're seeing is he's writing to the Corinthians about their spiritual gifts, right? We covered that a second ago. And he's using parts of the body, right, our physical makeup, to illustrate how spiritual gifts that God gives us are like different parts of one body that make up one body, right? Arms, legs, ears, eyes. He's talking about how we need all of them, right? So we're gonna break down the text. We're gonna see what that means and how that, what that has to do with unity. But before we do it, I want us to answer two quick questions. Two questions. One is this, what are spiritual gifts? It's kind of what the text is talking about. It's important for all us to be on the same page of what are spiritual gifts. And the second one is this, what do spiritual gifts have to do with unity? Let's answer that. First one's this. What are spiritual gifts? I have it here. You can write this down, take a picture of it. I can send it to you later this afternoon if you'd like. It says this. Spiritual gifts are special abilities that God gives to all believers to bring him glory and to strengthen the church so that it can accomplish his will in the world. I'll say that again. Spiritual gifts are special abilities God gives to all believers to bring him glory and strengthen the church so that it can accomplish his will in the world. These aren't like Marvel superpowers, like super strength. I mean, if that is your gift, let me know. Uh, but they're, they're gifts like this, like hospitality, faith, discernment, prophecy, exhortation, evangelism, leadership, mercy, teaching, administration. And I believe, and we believe as a church, that God's word says that every believer receives one or some of these gifts the moment where they give their lives to Jesus Christ. There's some... Schools of theology out there that say, when you give your life to Christ and you're saved, and then later, kind of down the road, you'll receive your gifts, the Holy Spirit, baptism. And we, we don't believe that as a church. We believe that in the moment where you are saved, you are indwelled permanently by the Holy Spirit, and you receive gifts so that you can go be part of a local body and build and be on mission for Jesus Christ. Every believer receives one or some of these gifts um, no one receives all of them. There's no like Superman in the church that just has all of them and he's crushing it. The thing about spiritual gifts is they can kind of ebb and they can flow and you can get strong in some. And as you grow in your maturity with Christ, those gifts, I believe, can change. But man, the bottom line is that all believers have some and all of us have room to grow in them. Being on a journey with Christ, being a Christian, becoming like Christ, is a, it's a journey. It's a walk. And as you progress, as you mature, man, those, those gifts get stronger. I would hope that I'm a better preacher now than I was when I first started preaching. And if you're back with V Kids, I would imagine that you're better with kids now than you were when you started five years ago. Man, maybe you're sitting to yourself... Um, saying to yourself, man, Ben, Ben, like, I, I want, I think I have gifts, but I don't, I don't know what they are. Man, what, what are they? How do, how do I know? I'm a Christian, but I don't really know what my gifts are. Man, there's some tools that we can use to help you do that. Um, here's one of them. It's super simple. This is called a spiritual gift survey. I printed out a bunch of them. Um, they're 
out these doors to the right, you see the I'm changed little display on the table. There's a handful of these here. If you want to write it down with paper, please be my guest, do that. Uh, at the end, or later this afternoon, check our Instagram, our link tree. We're going to have the spiritual gift survey up. Um, just remind me to make sure that it gets put up somebody. Thank you. Um, man, this is super simple. Man, it's just got a, a number of questions. There's 80 of them. It's a lot of questions. Steelers don't play today. I don't know. I actually don't know the NFL schedules. Do it during that. Do it during halftime. You'll crush it. It's really easy. And you just go through and you just answer one through five on each of these questions. And then what that's going to help do is on the back, it has a little score, a little scorecard that helps you say, well, what, what did I score highest in, man? What, what is it? And that's going to be, you know, this is not the end all be all. This is not scripture. This is just a tool to help you find out, okay, the gifts that God lays out in his word, which ones might I have? What, what, gifts, what gifts has the Lord given me? I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, as you discern, as we discern with you, where we want to get you, your sweet spot where you're gifting, man, it's where um, you know, your passion, what you love to do, and your skill, what you're good at, come together. Man, I would love if every single person in our church found, man, I love doing this. I have a passion for this and this is the skill that I have and we can find the sweet spot for you to just thrive in your gifting. But man, if you've taken a spiritual gifts test before, great, do it again. It's been a while, gifts change. But this is for you. And we believe that all believers are given these gifts by the spirit the moment that they're saved and they're used for the church. Man, yes, your gifts can help your personal witness, absolutely. You have the gift of evangelism, absolutely. It can help your personal witness. It can, there's gifts that help strengthen your walk with the Lord. Your gifts can help a parachurch ministry. Man, I'm a huge proponent of, of crew. That's where my, my wife gave her life to Jesus in college um, when she was part of crew. It's a parachurch ministry. I'm a big fan of Young Life. I love that too. Um, man, your gifts can help with those things. You're, you, you, first and foremost, I wanna be super clear about this. Your gifts are tools given by God to use to glorify him and to support your local body of Christ. That's what they're there for, primarily. So you want the scripture for that, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, and 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So those what gifts are. They are abilities God gives believers to glorify him and to build his church. So now we know what they are. What do they have to do with unity? Man, Ben, this is a teamwork message. This is about unity. What do my spiritual gifts have to do with that? Well, the best way I can explain it is with a sports analogy. Sorry, if you're not a sports person, I am. Um, Paul uses sports analogies a lot, and I'm not a better teacher than Paul, so I'm gonna rip off one of his. And so I was going to uh, use a, like a World Cup analogy, like a soccer one, because I think that's very timely for the world that we live in. Um, but I realized that we're from the USA, and it would take me more time to like, under, help all of us understand the rules of soccer to support my analogy uh, than it would to just preach the rest of the message. So the Olympics, can we go with that? The Olympics, everyone watch the Olympics at some point? Cool, right? Think of the Olympics, specifically Team USA, right? Team USA is made up of some of the best athletes in our country, spanning all different types of sports, right? Let's take the Winter Olympics. You got the skiers, you got the skaters, bobsledders, uh, hockey players, snowboarders, and then like peak athlete, my favorite one to watch. I don't think there's a better sport on the face of the earth, uh, curling. You ever watch the Team USA curling? It's like, uh, it looks like you just like found a bunch of dads who've been hanging out in a garage all year. And they're like, oh shoot, it's four years, time to go to the Olympics and like throw on their jerseys and they start doing the thing. I love it. 
Each of them has a gift, right? They each have a skill set that's very specific to them that they bring to the table, but they're different. The skills for bobsledding are not the same as skating. The same skills for skating aren't the same as curling. Curling's not the same as snowboarding. But when all these athletes with different skill sets go to the Olympics, they take their individual gifts and they unite under one banner, one mission, which is Team USA to go win gold for the country, right? Man, the connection is this. When it comes to us, we're the athletes. We're Team Vintage, right? Our team is the local church and our skills, our sports are our spiritual gifts. Each and every one of you who is in Jesus Christ today has been given a gift and God wants you to use that for a local body. And let me tell you, it doesn't have to be Team Vintage. There's a church down the street that you love, that you have community in, that is preaching God's word, that you, are, that you can use your gifts in. Please, by all means, go, do the, go, go there. I will support you 100%. But if you're on Team Vintage, man, you've got a skill. And when we as individuals choose to use our skills the way God wants us to, what we begin to see is not a bunch of individual Christians kind of rubbing shoulders once a week, but we start to see a united team building God's church. God gave each and every one of his people abilities to unite under one mission to glorify him and build his church together. And so church, with that groundwork laid, I wanna look at this passage. I wanna see three marks of a united team. We're gonna go through these pretty quick, all right? Three marks of a united team. If you're taking notes, the first one's this. A united team embraces diversity and protects unity. A united team embraces diversity and protects unity. Verse 14, I'm gonna read it again. It says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Verse 17. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Who chooses the gifts? He does. God does. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? So what we're seeing in these verses is a picture of what the body of Christ is and a picture of what the body of Christ is not. See, the body of Christ is not a bunch of people that look the same, act the same, have the same gifting, same backgrounds, getting together for country club time. If you want that, go play golf. I love golf. I love hanging out in the country club. I look, I'm like, you're all the same. Except for me, because I'm not good at golf. It says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Guys, the church is a place where we want to embrace diversity. We want to see different people from different walks of life with different gifts building the church. Why? Because a diverse team reaches a diversity of people. Man, when we start operating with that understanding that we love seeing people that don't look the same, don't act the same, don't have the same gifts, what we begin to do is build a church that is truly for everyone. And I wanna be a team, I wanna be a church that embraces that diversity. A team that's truly united, sees the different giftings from people around them and says, yes, I want more of that. And if you've been at Vintage for a few months or have been tracking with us, you know that uh, just a few months ago, we, we went through a, a series in Nehemiah 
And in the book of Nehemiah, the Israelites under Nehemiah's leadership, they return to Jerusalem where they start beginning to rebuild the wall. And what we said symbolically as a church at the end of that series, that, that we are going to build the wall as well. And we've been on a journey together where we have said, you know, between now and however long it takes, we're going back to two locations. We're getting people in their neighborhoods. We're starting with this core group. We're going to simplify it if we need to, to build what we believe God wants this place to be. And I've been so blessed and so excited to see how the Lord's been doing that. But man, just imagine, imagine if the Israelites showed up to Jerusalem and all of them were carpenters. Great. Who's making the bricks? Who knows how to stir the mortar? And what if they all showed up and were just the architects? A ton of architects showed up to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Lots of blueprints. Lots of really great strategic planning. Okay, who's actually going to do the building? Great. So they also said that there's people that had to guard them, you know, guard the walls while they were building it from their enemies. What if everyone showed up with swords and like, great, I'm ready to fight, but no tools? They'd be guarding for a really long time because no wall would actually be built. See where I'm going with this? It's the same thing here in our church. Man, we're, we're not just hoping to have a, a diversity of gifts. We're not hoping for it. We need it. We need you. Your church needs you. Your community needs you. Man, and maybe you listen to this series and you've been sitting there in your seat wanting to get involved, but you just don't know what gifts or how to use them. Man, come talk to one of us. Come talk to me. Come talk to Josiah. Josh is in the back. Man, we love to walk you through that. Man, maybe... Um, You've been having a thing on your heart. You're like, man, I really want to kind of fill this need. There's not a team that's already been built. Fantastic. Let's talk about it. Let's get where your gifting and your passion collide. And God has created you uniquely you with gifts that he wants you to use to bring him glory. We want to help you with that. Man, there's no gift too big or too small for God and your church wants to help you with that. So let me be clear. Diversity is good. We want different people, different gifts, different angles, but with every ounce that we need to embrace diversity, we need to match it with protecting unity. Because what comes with diversity is different opinions, different schools of thought, different ideas, different directions that we want to head. And as we see in the church in Corinth, that was their downfall. Bunch of people kind of wanting to go do their own thing, latching onto whatever. So, man, as we collectively agree that we're different, and that's a good thing, the way that we stay unified in our different giftings is by being on the same mission. We want to live the gospel, serve the city, be the church. That's who we are at Vintage. That's what we're about. And if we can keep that central, if we can come to a place that I might be different than you, I might have a different strategy for accomplishing this than you, I might be used to doing this different than you, but at the end of the day, that is secondary to unity. Watch how we begin to build the wall we stick together. At the end of the day, if we believe that our mission is to make disciples and build the church and embrace the fact that we're different, man, that could be electric. So United Church embraces diversity, but at the same time, we're going to protect unity. Man, I hope, I pray that we are so on mission. We are fired up to go after it, that I got to sit half you down in my office and say, okay, Josiah, I know you want to do it this way. And I know that you have a huge passion for this, but Josh, I know that you have a huge passion for this. How can we bring those two things together to accomplish the same goal? I hope we have that problem. Why? 
because that's diverse people operating with their diverse gifts so passionately that they're willing to argue with someone else because that's where they believe that God's telling us to go. And then it's gonna be my job to try to figure that all and keep us all together. We stay on mission with our diversity. That's when you start to see not just growth of our church, but in your homes, in your communities, in your workplaces, man. God has placed you with a gift in a specific place for this time. And there's a reason for it. So let's embrace it. Here's your second thing. A united team recognizes the need for everyone. A united team recognizes the need for everyone. Verse 21 says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow a greater honor. And our unrep or unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving the greater honor to the part that lacked it, and there'd be no division in the body. So while I was studying this, this part, I reminded myself of a video. It's a soccer video. I told you sports are coming. I apologize. I'll be more creative next time. Um, I saw it floating around social media about a year ago, and I think it really paints a really good picture if you can understand the British accent. So bear with me. Put your like, listening ears on for a second. Check out this video, and then I'll tell you what it has to do with this. So I was a ball boy for the Champions League game last week against Olympiacos and I was sitting in this seat here and I just saw the ball, I just saw the ball come off. As soon as it saw it travelling towards the line, I got up with my other ball, ran straight across, threw it straight to Serge, turned around to get the other ball that had come off and then I just heard the cheer and turned around and saw Harry running off in that direction celebrating. So it was a... Uh, quite a surreal experience. <laughs> Jose uh, walked over to started walking over to me and um, and they, it was just unbelievable. I still can't quite believe it. I just I think it was such a nice gesture from him because he didn't have to do that. Then I got back in the changing room and looked at my phone. I had so many messages on social media and on my phone and I did but I didn't really open them. It was only when I um, only when I got in the car on the way home I looked I looked and saw saw that it'd gone that it all over social media. I had a call from someone at Tottenham saying that Jose had invited me to the pre-match meal today and that was just um, like incredible hearing that news. Uh, and so I've, I've came, I came here today and I just can't, can't wait to go in there and meet the players and I'm really excited to see, to see all of them and to be with, be with them. So if you could understand like every third word, um, that little boy Callum was talking about. So what we just saw there was um, a moment where Tottenham Hotspur, who is my team, West Ham United's like mortal enemies, hurt me to, to play that. Um, what happened is there's a Champions League game, which is like a really big deal. And uh, the ball boy, he's sitting there holding the replacement ball. Ball goes out of bounds, but he sees a Tottenham player. He, see, he sees like three three passes before it even actually happens. So one of Tottenham's players is running towards the goal. He's kind of going on a run to get the pass to score. And then he sees the guy who's going to throw the ball and sprinting right behind him. So what does he do? He doesn't go after the ball that went into the stands. He sees a player running, sees it go out of bounds, immediately throws the ball, leads the player to be able to grab it, which ultimately results in him making an assist, right? Ball goes out, ball boy throws it in in the perfect timing because he sees the play happening in front of him and 
his, if you don't understand any of that, here's the point. He played his role so well that resulted in his team scoring. The ball boy. The smallest, most kind of back end of the organization, lowest on the totem pole role, had the biggest impact in that match. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. And what I want to make super clear before I go any further in this passage, man, what this passage is saying is that there's not roles that are smaller than other ones. No, what it's saying is there are certain roles, certain gifts that get more stage time than others. And the ones kind of behind the scenes, the ones that, that you don't see, that don't get highlighted, they deserve a greater honor. That ball boy, Callum, played his role so faithfully, so well, and he received a greater honor. The coach, or Jose Mourinho, as we call him, kind of walked over there and he gave him a big handshake, a big hug. Did you see that play standing up and just going electric at the goal? I mean, that wasn't for the goal scorer, it was for the ball boy. And if that wasn't enough, in his moment afterwards, he got a call from the manager. And guys, I can't stress this enough. Soccer or football managers, like they're like, like celebrities, huge, huge deals. Got a personal call from Tottenham saying, hey, the manager has invited you to the team's pre-meal. We want to honor you. We want to bless you. We want to make sure that you get the credit where credit is due. That's giving a greater honor to the parts of the body that don't get the stage time. A united team, a united church recognizes the fact that we need everybody. Our church doesn't just need worship leaders and preachers. Our church needs ball boys. I mean, I was thinking about this and we honored some of them earlier in our, in our team rally ahead of time, but I was thinking like, who's, who's someone, man? I don't wanna just talk about this. I really wanna do it. I wanna do this as a church. Who is, who is someone that <clears throat> plays such a significant role in our church, but doesn't get stage time? I wanna honor that person. I want to thank that person. And so um, Sarah, right here. Come on up here, Sarah. Come on. I know she's going to hate the fact that I didn't tell you ahead of time. Come here, Sarah. Sarah Koval. I won't make you come up on the stage. I'll just come down here. Sarah Koval has been here. She's an OG. I've uh, watched football at her house. I've played games at her house. And Sarah is here all the time, probably more than me. Uh, doing everything from making sure the building is clean and trash is taken out. She's coming on Friday to set up for, for Christmas. She leads our environments team. Sarah makes this train move. And I want to make sure that you get your moment because you deserve great honor. Sarah is what this passage is talking about. She is the perfect example of a faithful person who uses her gifting regardless of how much stage time, how much thanks, how much you know, limelight she gets. She serves faithfully and our church would not be the same without her. So church, can we please thank Sarah for all that she does? Thank you. This is for you from us. We love you very, very much and we appreciate you and I won't embarrass you anymore. Thanks, Sarah. Church, I, I want to be clear, not everyone's going to get flowers and going to get a card, um, but we, what we will see is fruit. And as one of your leaders, I'm going to do my best to thank you and to honor you. The other one that we did was, was Tony and Vega. They celebrated five years of hope recovery uh, this past week. And man, we're so thankful for them. These are people that have served faithfully using their gifts, but not in the way where it's up front on the stage in the limelight all the time. And God's word says that they are not less. It actually says they're indispensable. That's the word. Guys, I'm dispensable. You can go find another kid out of Bible college that can preach and, and, and talk a big game. That's fine. 
but it's the people building on the ground that nobody sees. Those are the people that are indispensable. So I want you to look and I want you to think to yourself, man, maybe I'm not a teacher or a preacher or a worship leader, but I want you to know that your gifts are important. We don't just want you, we need you. Your church needs you. God's word says that you are indispensable and receive a greater honor. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have gifts that can build the church. And I want us to be a church that recognizes that we need everyone. Every single one of you. Man, maybe you're not a preacher. Maybe you're not a teacher. Maybe you're not, you don't, you don't like kids. You don't want to be back in V kids. But maybe you're like, you know what? I've got a smile. And I'm like kind of a morning person. I can show up a little early. Great. Let's put you on the connect team. Let's put you at a greeter at the front door. Why is that indispensable? Because statistics show, I've said this a million times, I'll say it again. Do you know when someone new to a church decides if they're going to come back or not? It's not during worship. It's not during the message. It's inside of the first 10 minutes that they arrive at the parking lot. First 10 minutes. Before the lights go down, before any of the programming, any of the service starts, someone is deciding if they want to come back to church or not. Greeters are indispensable because they are the front lines and there's a lot of people that have come back to our church because of how the person at the door greeted them. Man, maybe you're like, I don't, I don't really uh, like kids. I don't really like people either. What can I do? Great. There's a ton of materials that need set up and need cut out and printed and prepared so that other people can disciple our kids back while we're doing this. Let's get you in that team. Let's let you serve the kids behind the scenes. It'd be fantastic for you. Use your gifting in that way. Man, there's, the world is our oyster. What's so great about being a new church that's growing is we can just kind of figure it out as we go. It's not a team that exists that you want to serve on. Great, you can build your own team. I'm for it. Man, if we want to be a truly united team, we've got to understand that every single role we have as a local body is essential part of that mission. So Sarah, we honored you. Tony and Vega, we want to honor you too. We love you guys so much. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm not a stage guy, but I'm a behind the scenes guy. You are indispensable. We got one more, ready? A united team sticks together. A united team sticks together. Ben, you can come up. Josiah, I don't know, Josh, if you're coming up too. If, if you're not, then don't come up. <laughs> He's a great guy. I wasn't planning on it. Fantastic. Verse 25 says this, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Church, the last mark of a united team, a truly united team, is one that is truly for each other. And one of the things that I, that I just hit all the time and, and I see in our churches, man, I want to be a team. I want to be a church that cares more about the person than what that person brings to the table. Because there's going to be seasons where every single one of us go through something that is difficult, something that sidelines us, something that, that doesn't allow us really to operate fully in our passion or, or to, to, to do whatever. There's gonna come seasons where that's difficult. And what this is saying is that if one of us is going through that, all of us go through that. We're all dealing with it. There is no such thing as a me problem in the church. It's a we problem. And the same thing goes for rejoicing. Man, when we get to highlight Sarah and Tony and Vega for their faithfulness, that we're not just rejoicing them. We get to rejoice together. 
Man, so I was thinking, how, how do we want to land this plane? How do we want to kind of finish out this message this morning? Man, what, what I wanted to do is I didn't want to just talk about caring for one another. I, I didn't want to just talk about being like, hey, if someone's hurting, if someone's down and they need picked up and they can just, you know, we should go rally around them and, and pick them up. No, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. If you're new to the church, man, um, this might be a little weird for you. I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, but I hope that this shows you how we don't just say things here. We actually want to live them and do them. So here's how this is gonna work. I want us to take some time and, and care for the person that's suffering. We're just had Thanksgiving. We're going into the holidays. And I know that that's a really great time for some of us. Maybe that's a difficult time for others. Man, maybe life is throwing a wrench into your whole plan and circumstances have changed. Maybe there's something going on that you're uneasy about, something that you're hurting for, someone that you're hurting for. Maybe a job change, a life circumstance change, whatever it is. Man, if there's something that's going on in your life and you're saying, man, it's, it's hurting, it's, it's been hard. We wanna pray for you. We wanna care for you. And I'm not gonna ask you to come up and share it, but here's what we are gonna do. Just a second, we'll put the lights down. Josiah's gonna sing a song over us. And if that's you, if you've come today with a burden of any kind, big, small, doesn't matter, I'm gonna ask you to be bold. I just, just want you to come up and just kneel in the front. Just pray. I want you to ask God to heal you for help. But here's the thing, church. Um, when those people come, we're not gonna let them be here alone. I wanna give those people an opportunity to come and then I want the rest of you, all of you to come up and rally around that person and pray for them. You don't have to know their names. You don't have to know their circumstance. You don't have to pray out loud. Just put a hand on their back and just pray. If one of us is suffering, we're all suffering. There is not a me problem in this church. It is a we problem. And man, maybe you're like, I'm not suffering, but something really great just happened and I'm rejoicing. Great, come forward too. We're not just gonna isolate parts of scripture and do these ones. We're gonna do all of it. And if you're rejoicing today, fantastic, come forward and we'll pray for you as well. When one of us rejoices, we're all rejoicing. Here's the thing. I've done these things enough to know that no one likes to be the first person. We're just gonna remove that right now, clear the air. We can turn the lights down now. I'm not trying to get an emotional reaction, everyone, but I know that it's, easier to walk forward in a dark room than it is in a light room to want to remove any obstacle and if that's you Josiah's going to start singing down further bring it all the way down thanks guys and just come forward and as soon as we see that first person come the rest of you will come forward too because I know in a room this size there's more people that are hurting than just one so be bold come be blessed come be prayed over and at the end Josiah's going to or Josh, I don't even know. Someone's gonna come close out the sermon and right now I'm gonna get off the stage and go head to the city. I'm gonna do the same thing there. So Josiah, you can start. For all of you that are hurting, that want prayer, that need prayer, come forward, do it now. Stand up and come on down. Church, let's rally around our sister, come on. Come on. There's no me problems, it's we problems. It's our church. doesn't matter if there's one person hurting, if there's a ton of people hurting. If you're hurting, come. Come to the front. Be prayed for. It's a church that loves you and cares about you.
is gone, your mercy fills the streets.